0: Sports 56, WHBQ Memphis, and W253DF Memphis. Flynn Broadcasting Stations. Time to talk NBA with Keith Smith from Spot Rack and the Front Office Show. And on Twitter, X at Keith Smith NBA. Here's Keith Smith talking basketball with Bryant and Brett.
1: Keith Smith joining us now from SpotTrack in the front office show to talk the NBA. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start off with the Grizzlies. Finally, last night they get their first home win of the season, but it took a lot, and uh, they were 0-8 entering the game, and these last couple weeks, some guys have started to voice their frustration. Derrick Rose, after a game, um, called out their defense and, and how they weren't talking defensively, and they wouldn't be able to stop anybody if they weren't talking. Marcus Smart, during a timeout, uh, the next game was yelling at his teammates, calling their performance embarrassing, um, and there was a player-led practice on Saturday before finally getting the that first home win, but with this season now four wins, a lot of frustration starting to rise with this team. What have you made of the start for the Grizzlies?
2: Yeah, the frustration's not overly surprising considering, you know, the, the record and the way they play. played. So those things are going to happen when you have a team that has really built expectations in the last few years and is in a spot where they feel like, hey, we should be, uh, even if we're not winning all these games, we should be competitive at the very and we're in a spot where they're not competitive in a lot of these games, and that's been pretty messy. So I think you know that frustration blowing over—that's not an overly big surprise. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll also say you bring in guys like Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose, and you talk about their leadership. Well, then you got to take it when they're showing it, right? If they're going to come in and really kind of you know, show those things, and in the game where Marcus Smart went off, he wasn't wrong. Uh, you know, young teams. That's out there because it's a lot of young guys playing, and they should be scrapping for everything they can get. And they're playing that poor—that's you know—and not playing with effort. That—that's a problem. And I have no problem with a player calling it out like that.
3: Do you think it undercuts Taylor Jenkins, though?
2: I don't think so. I think you know every team has players who are leaders, you know, as much as the coaches are, and sometimes it carries more weight when it comes from a player. Like look at a guy like Udonis Hazel. he's been in the lead for almost a decade at the end of his career when he wasn't playing very much because he was a locker room leader. And it comes it means a lot more when he would go to a teammate and put an arm around him and say, Hey, you're not playing hard enough. You're not putting in enough effort. Or if he blew up on him which he did that from time to time he was the guy who if we remember back a couple of years jimmy butler and uh eric Spolcher were going at it. he was the one who broke it up you know and said yo you come with me you know we're gonna have a conversation over here so sometimes you know you need players that'll do that and that that's a big part of it so i don't think it undermines the coach at all now if it turns into taylor jenkins is calling a play and then the um you know, the players are blowing them off, and Marcus Smart says, now I run this instead, that starts to become a problem. But we haven't seen that yet.
1: We were talking earlier about uh, the remaining schedule for this, uh, I guess, calendar year for the Grizzlies, and it's not easy. I mean, there's some very tough matchups, but um, because the Grizzlies didn't make the in-season tournament uh, quarterfinals, um, they'll play the Detroit Pistons in Detroit in a couple of weeks, and for Detroit, 15 uh, straight losses for them. What is the biggest problem for this Pistons team? All right,
2: you guys go get a sandwich, put your feet up, come back in an hour or so, and I'll be done with my answer Because it's so long yeah. for these guys. Go they, right they in. Just, The roster is built very, very poorly. Um, you know, they, they just don't have the right kind of guys. They drafted Cade Cunningham, didn't put any shooters around them, drafted all these, you know, kind of non-versatile bigs that can only do one thing, and then you, you went and traded for other bigs on top of those guys, mm-hmm. and you just made it a real mess of a roster, and that's why all of a sudden what we're seeing here in this position is these guys just are not in, you know, they're just not playing well, and then on top of that, you get Bonnie Williams in there, and Monty Williams, you know, in his opening press conference said, you know, yeah, I wasn't intending to coach. I was planning to not be here, and, you know, sometimes the offer gets too good. You can't pass it up. And to me, that's a little worrisome, right, mm-hmm. because that says, you know, uh, why are you here then? And there's times when it looks like he's going through the motions a little bit, and it's just pretty messy. So I think, you know, we're in a spot where these guys are just, you know, they, they're poorly they're constructed roster. Coach doesn't seem to, you know, be fully engaged on what they're trying to accomplish, and it's just become a major, major mess.
3: Do, do you think Monty Williams finishes a year there and I asked this for this reason Keith because he, it was it felt a little grudgingly it felt like that his heart wasn't completely in it We know how close he got in Phoenix and I think about that third time he has to get that snow snow, uh, snow plow out this this winter <laughs> I left Scottsdale for this
2: <laughs> yeah I think I mean he reportedly got a six-year contract uh, with no options. So that's a very long contract. Most coach contracts are. I can clear some snow for that. (laughs) So yeah, right. So we've, we've kind of, we're we're kind of in that spot with this. And then he's got this spot where he's getting paid an awful lot of money. So unless he's just like, no, it's not worth it. I'm going to forfeit the money and call it good. Then I don't think we're going to see him go anywhere because it's just, it's just too much money. But I think what you're seeing is this is why it's important to make sure you bring in a coach. Um, that makes sense as you go into a rebuilding phase. Damn. Not a coach that's, you know, good with a veteran team that's ready to take them. All right, we're gonna playoff team, I'm ready to take us into contention. That's where Monty Williams has been. Now it's just kind of messy You're in a spot where it's like, you know, what what are we kinda, of, you know, doing here?
1: Yeah. Well from one team that's been really disappointing this season to a team that's uh been kinda surprising, the Orlando Magic um have been playing really good not basketball. To that's a Keith.
3: That's the hometown team true. now for him. That's right. He said he liked it.
1: And uh, an eight game winning streak, currently number two in the East. What has been your biggest surprise about this oh, Magic team?
2: Yeah, I mean, they are really, we talked about the Pistons, they're poorly constructed, the Magic a roster that makes a lot of sense. They've got a bunch of guys who play really, really hard. And that, if you just come and show up and play really hard, and me, you guys know that in Memphis just about better than anybody else, that's going to win you a good amount of games yeah, in, in the league. Then if you add some skill on confidence, they've got a bunch of good passers, a bunch of guys who really know what they're doing. They play defense incredibly well. They are in a spot where they really kind of you know can make some stuff happen on that end of the floor. So if you play really hard and you defend, you're going to be in just about every game. And then they get generally so far this year, they get enough offense, they make enough shots, they're able to kind of stay in it. So now we're in a spot here where what we see is you know the, the Magic are going to be in a spot where they just need to kind of you know maybe get another shooter. We'll see. They've got some tradable contracts, so if they can pick up a little bit more offense by the trade deadline. This team is going to be in really,
0: really
3: good shape. Let's stay in that east. Uh, Boston on top in the east. No surprise there. Bryant uh, asked you a great answer about Orlando. Giannis in Milwaukee in the 3 seed, Philadelphia without James Harden uh, playing well. And then New York. How do they do it? It feels like every year they do just enough to tease those great Madison Square Garden fans.
2: Yeah, they're in an interesting spot where the team has been, you know, they, they, they were bad for so long and then they built up again around a bunch of guys who were just going to put the hard hats on and go to work every day. And now what you've seen is they've added players. It just hasn't gone, they haven't found that right kind of, yeah, full, full blown star. Uh, Julius Randle is a very good player. He's not a truly great player. You also have, um, in this case, you have, uh, Uh, Jalen Brunson, again, is an all-star level guy, but he's not a superstar level guy. So they can do well. They're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. They're going to be a playoff team. But it's going to be rare to see them take that next step and move all the way through into a lot of postseason success just because that's not really the way they're built.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Talking to Keith Smith, he joins us every week to talk the NBA from Spa Track and the Front Office Show. And Keith, uh, the in-season tournament quarterfinals are set. And I'll be honest, uh, last uh, I guess this last date of games was really the first time I was able to sit down and and really watch uh, a lot of the action and and I'll be honest I was locked in it was fun to watch these games were entertaining you could tell both teams were were super into it the fan bases were super into it what have you made of the in-season tournament as a whole and now that we move to bracket play what do you expect to see
2: yeah, we need to clip what you just said and send it to Adam Silver. He'll be very, very happy because that was the goal, right? The goal was let's get some interest and juice in these mm-hmm. games in October, November, and this beginning part of December. Here, they've accomplished that. You know that that Tuesday night, that final day of group play, it was funny because the games weren't necessarily good, but there was wow. a lot of drama because Man. your teams, we got to win by this much, we got to, you know, we got to put ourselves in position to do that. We got to be here, you know. It just becomes in a spot where they got to really kind of get into a place where it's let's let's make this happen. I apologize, I'm at a high school soccer game, <laughs> so they're are, are we fired up. <laughs> uh, Are we they winning? Are. Yeah. Well, my good. daughter's team finished off. They're they're seven to zero, and now we wow. stayed to watch the varsity play. Oh, it's um,
0: worth but, it yeah,
2: but with back to that in-season tournament. You know, they are really playing in a spot where it is. They are really doing some stuff now. So. What we're going to see here is we think in the knockout round, right, they will really get after it. Teams are going to be really motivated. It's the first time we've seen, other than the playing tournament, single elimination. Mm -hmm. And it's true single elimination. You don't get that second crack at it if you lose that first game. It is really, you know, let's go with this. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch kind of how this comes together, how this all builds up, because this is going to be a spot where this is not going away. NBA is going to make tweaks to this. They're going to make adjustments. That's what they do. But this, uh, this NCAA, or NCAA tournament, I'm getting it fired up for yeah. it. This mm-hmm. season tournament is here to stay. It's not going anywhere.
0: Mm.
3: And, and help me, coming up, I think next Thursday, Thursday afternoon, December 7th, the first game will be at 4 in the Central time. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it is. Wow. That part I don't fully grasp and understand why, considering these games are being played over in Las Vegas, my guess, and this is just a guess. They don't want to go head-to-head with uh, um, Thursday Night Football any more than they already are going to have to with the one game. They don't want to sacrifice two games uh, to Thursday Night Football. So, yeah, we're going to get that first one very early early on in a couple weeks.
3: Okay, I, I've gotten to the schedule. It, it is indeed 4 o'clock Central. Yep. And you're right, the second game will be 8 p.m. So they're, they're going to kind of let one eat it going up against Thursday NFL Prime.
2: Yeah, and that's where I think, you know, in the end, I think, ideally, we would like to see the NBA probably move away from that Thursday. Because outside of it being a playoff game, no NBA game is going to beat an NFL game. It's just, you know, NFL's game. We we all know that. So I think what we'll see is an adjustment to the schedule. It'll be something like uh, Monday and Wednesday next year. But you know they're figuring it out. They're just putting it together. They're starting to figure out, you know, how do we get this all together? How do we make this work? And again, there's going to be tweaks and adjustments that come here over the next, uh, you know, seven, several, um, you know, years of this. Because again, it's not going anywhere.
3: But a potential ratings bonanza could be those finals on Saturday night. That's prime time, mm. seven thirty central, eight thirty in the east, five thirty local in Vegas for a tip time on ABC. And it's not going up against much. That's one that the NBA has really kind of got to maybe wake some people up to, you know, here we are. We've been playing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, normally we hear, you know, Christmas is when the NBA season
0: starts. Right. Right?
2: That, that's the way everybody thinks about it. I think the NBA is saying, hey, we got the in-season tournament finals. I, I, I'm, I may... You know, I don't know, there may be a college bowl game or something, but that's going to be, uh, you know, east-west no. direction. Only the Heisman ceremony
3: will be going against. Okay. Wow.
2: All right, perfect. So, you know, so they've they kind of got the night you know, to themselves as far as, you know, uh, live sports. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's one where, you know, and you know what they're hoping for is, hey, let's get a uh, Celtics-Lakers or bucks mm-hmm. on. You know, a couple of these big teams in here. But this tournament's made for the teams like the Pacers, the Pelicans, and the Kings who are trying to take that step forward, you know, if they can make a run, the NBA will be pretty happy to promote them as well.
1: Well, Keith, you just mentioned uh, maybe changing of dates so you're not having to go up against the NFL. But what are some other changes you would make, if any, to the in-season tournament maybe next year or in future years?
2: Yeah, I'd like to see them. If we're going to, you know, try to really model it off of what they do over in Europe, whether it be European soccer Mm -hmm. or the European, um, you know, Uh, Basketball because they do the same thing. I'd like to see it being in a position where what they do is you know let's do a full draw, take all thirty teams, put them all in a hat, and do a home and home. And that way, if it's home, you know a Western team versus an Eastern conference team, it doesn't really matter. You're you're going to get a home and home, and they're going to play on both sides. You're going to play, and then if it ends up each team wins one. You go by who scored the most points on the road. That's the way they do it in soccer and basketball mm. over in Europe until they move into any kind of knockout phase. So let's get get that going. And then my thought is, how do we get that 16th team? Either the G League plays a mini tournament at the start of the year where they qualify two teams through, or we just pick the two G League final teams from the year before, let them play, and then we get that giant killer component in there, bring those guys in. We'll see. I don't, I don't think that's going to be hmm. you know, the way this ends up playing out, but – you know, they're going to make changes. They're going to make adjustments.
0: They're going to try to
3: make this thing as good as they can. Yeah. Uh, t- tonight in the NBA, Keith, I, th- I think a couple a, a pr- pretty busy busy night and, and a, a potential real good game in Oklahoma City with the Lakers playing the Thunder. But the Timberwolves, they play the Jazz, saw them last night. Brighton and I both saw them mm-hmm. last night at FedEx Forum. They're not very good. The Timberwolves, they are. We're about at the quarter pole. Can the Timberwolves stay at or near the top of the West all year?
2: Yeah, I think they can. I again, it's all about the defense. They're going to defend like that every single game. They're going to be in it, right? They're, they're going to be in the mix just about every single uh, you know game for for this uh, run here. So you know, and then they get enough offense between Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Mike Conley, you know, running things. They they get enough, and I think. They might be in a spot to go add a bench player because they do need to improve their depth a little bit. Their depth's a little shaky. So if they can do that, you know, we'll kind of see how it all comes together for them. But I
1: think they're going to be in this thing for the full run. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right about that. What did you make of uh, the announcement yesterday or maybe 2 days ago? My days are running together. That Mark Cuban uh, is selling a controlling share of the Mavericks to casino billionaire Miriam Adelson. Cuban's still going to run uh, the basketball operations for the Mavericks, but part of this he wants to to get with um, the Adelson family who is, is, uh, runs the uh, the Sands Casino in Las Vegas and potentially build a new arena for the Mavericks that would also have, hopefully, a casino and, and some sort of gambling component attached to it?
2: Yeah, we, we've thought that for, for a little while. Is We knew they were going to build a new arena, and we knew they were going to attach some kind of resort convention center to it in a bus. I want to say it's about four or five years ago. They said we're probably going to do a casino attached. Is that um, you know, kind of freed up for them to be able to do that. So now I think we're going to be in a spot where we see them uh, pull this together, and then what you're going to see, they're going to build that out around it with some kind of you know retail complex, restaurant, yeah. shopping, and all that. But yeah, it's, the surprise part is. Uh, well, there's two. Well, one, that's even selling it all. Like, the, that part's always a surprise, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we didn't hear any rumors that that ended up bubbling really or anything. And then the other part that is surprising is that he's going to sell the majority thing, but continue to run the basketball lot. And that part's a little weird because we don't generally see that, right? And I, I got to wonder, is that going to be a transitional thing? Yeah. Is that going to be a regular thing? What is that ultimately going to look like? So, but, you know, that'll develop over the next several years as, you know, this, uh,
1: Uh, Agreement kind of comes together. Mm. Well, Keith, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again next week. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Keith.
3: Thank, Thank you, Keith. Keith Smith with us every Thursday talking the NBA. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett, Dunn, Boot, and Gene on the historic square in Collierville. They've been there since 1961 in Collierville right now on the square. It just looks perfect. So dynamic at Christmas season. Go out and visit Charles and Laura Hall at their store, but visit Collierville and look at that and and just feel that, 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 that perfect Courier and Ives Christmas theme uh, feeling out there. It is, it is ideal. Charles Hall, he started working at Hewlett and Dunn in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, what a team they are. They own the place known for all the boots, but also for clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team for any season. Boots for every occasion at Hewlett-Dunn, western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, They've got them. Head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Dan Post, Ariat, Filson, Anderson Bean, whether for men or for women, they have it. Jacket season is here. Christmas time, everybody wants to get a good jacket. It's a great gift for everyone. You can get it with all the variety and the selection of the great-looking jackets at Hewlett Dunn. Men's and women's clothing, pants, jeans, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck Duckhead collection, you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you by 111 North Center Street, or you can visit HewlettDunn.com if they want to see you. Come by and see them on the square in Collierville. Boot care products, sunglasses, hats, and every area team snapback cool hat you can think of. We saw a lot of them last night at FedEx mm-hmm. forum at the Grizzlies game. Tigers, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the Razorbacks, Tennessee, and travel season is here in the travel bag selection top notch at Hewlett Dunn. Go to HewlettDunn.com, but please visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. That, that is unbelievable what Mark Cuban is imagining, and envisioning. It's mm-hmm. going to happen too. Hey He's going to see it. He, yeah. he, that, Probably will be his final act mm-hmm. as owner of the Mavericks, revolutionary owner. Absolutely, uh, very much modeled himself uh, uh, re- really after Ted Turner. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, renegade owners when he came in, and and then when Jerry jo- Jones burst on the Dallas Cowboys sports scene, uh, they they kind of tried to top each other. as is <laughs> being area uh, PT Barnum, right. and, and and they they both did it. The first time I went in the Mavericks' first arena, mm. Reunion Arena, Brian, right? I, I thought I had walked into the Taj Mahal.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, you know,
3: went down there for Southwest Conference basketball All tournaments right. to follow the Razorbacks. Sure. The, the Mavericks had uh, no, no. The Mavericks had played there forever. That when when they became a, a a franchise expansion franchise, that building was being built to coincide with them moving in, into that arena mm. and, and and then went to Maverick Games. There was yeah. a, 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 a nice boy from uh, Helen, Arkansas, that worked in for, for the Mavericks right out of college and can, could get us great. I t- just couldn't believe that arena, how nice it was. When they left it to move in American Airlines uh-huh. Arena, yeah. pure dump. Really? N- not because it hadn't been maintained. Right. Just because the next place That's true. was was such a palace. Wow. And now imagine what uh, this one imagine. will make American Airlines yeah. look like.
1: Yeah, and, and imagine with everything around it. And I, I, I mean, the idea that that uh, Keith brought up. I mean, you think of of kind of what you see a lot of places around baseball stadiums, and, and they've got it down. Um, I guess in Arlington, Texas. Uh, Texas technically with Atlanta Texas around the Atlanta has it. I mean you see all these like kind of, you know, almost little mini cities that are just all about that team, those teams that are right there and so I mean to be able to have that in Dallas around a new stadium and have a casino, I mean that would be uh, incredible.
3: We 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 got to get gambling legalized. Get legal I, legal. I, I love everybody that for years about the pyramid. Well, you know the pyramid should have been turned into a casino. That's all fine and good, uh-huh. but but it, gambling That's wasn't right. legal in Tennessee. That's I mean, right. We can't make Mud Island well, yeah. a casino out of out of you know thin air. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And, and I I I know West Memphis, you know they they sure. tapped West Memphis tapped into it, oh, no absolutely. doubt. At Southland, and it, you know it, it's put it's put the hurt. On Tunica, but you just can't make no. gambling legal overnight uh, uh, in, in Tennessee. If it got done, though, yeah. I think that is what Jason Wexler mm. is imagining, dreaming of, with the pot of money that the Grizzlies are getting ready to control, yeah. and it's time to start making some decisions about sure that is. In, in in their rebranding, refashioning, remodeling of FedEx Forum and the Bill Street. Uh, entertainment area. Interesting.
1: I mean, that'd be interesting. I think Mark Cuban. I, I think he he knows what he's doing. I don't think he. Put that out there, just, you know, oh, well, let's They're see. For Yeah, you know, huh. let's see if we kick this around, what we can make of it. No, I think he knows what he's doing. And I think. He gets uh, things done. You know, he, he gets some done and, and looking into it yesterday, uh, when, after this was announced, it sounds like it's already kind of making its way. It's been making its way through the, you know, the, the government's bodies that it needs to make its way through. And so it looks like soon that could be passed and they could be very well on their way to making that happen.
3: And Brian, I think we're going to see it. We we saw it with the PGA Tour stop mm-hmm. out in Phoenix yep. at the Raucous Par Three. Mm-hmm. They have a brick and mortar yes. casino on the property. Mm-hmm. That it just prints money that mm-hmm. week, but also there's there's enough traffic year are around. At minimum kiosk or yes. stands, maybe yes. not full blown crap table and roulette right. and everything. Everywhere you go in sports, I, I, I say within ten years, mm-hmm. and that, that's a blink of an eye, you, you're you're going to have access to l- legal yeah. sports wagering at those places, and maybe full blown casinos. Yeah. And, and again, if you don't want to, if you don't, if you don't like it, if you if you don't think you can, don't go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember back when we had the story about Alabama's baseball coach, uh, the, the person that made that wager on Alabama or, get on LSU against Alabama. It was reported that he made it at Great American Ballpark or, or somewhere connected to Great right. American Ballpark. Um, and so it's already at some stadiums. I think it's going to even grow. And you talk about PGA and their stop in Phoenix. I mean, I remember when we were out, um, at Southwind for, for, uh, the tournament. Tournament in the summer, and while you know brick and mortar isn't legal in Tennessee, the sports books are, and we right across from us was a was a FanDuel little pop up shop right. where they were promoting FanDuel, and so I think uh, I yeah, good promotion.
0: See it. Let's let's put yeah. some bets down.
1: Uh, let's let's get the real deal in there. So I think it's coming. Money and, on the wood yeah. makes
3: the bet good.
1: Hey, I like that. I might have to I might have to <laughs> steal that from you. So it is interesting though, and it's it's going to be something um, that and, you, and again. Just
3: just like last night, both of us enjoyed yeah. the Grizzly game. We didn't drink one drop. No,
1: didn't drink yeah, one drop. And,
3: and, and, and if you, but if you want to enjoy go that, it. if it's yeah. not for you, whatever, whatever it is, then don't. That's right. Yeah. So
1: no, I mean things things change constantly, and this is one that you know you're, we're we're watching how sports wagering and, and gambling and all of that is is changing in the United States. But let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending.
0: You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to sports time on Sports56 and 985FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy
1: and Bryant Dakis. Welcome back into sports time. We got about 30 minutes left in today's show. Bright and Brett with you in our family leisure studios, and we got to talk about what's trending a lot to get to um, today. But Brett, I'm curious uh, how much uh, how much Tiger Woods did you uh, did you catch today?
3: Almost every shot.
1: <laughs> well, if you're watching Golf Channel, I mean, they wouldn't let you miss any shots. I mean, anytime, uh, anytime Tiger had a had a golf club in his hand, they made sure to get the camera on him.
3: Boy, it was manna from heaven for the Golf Channel. Sure, you know they. Oh man, just, they loved it. Remember us? We're, mm-hmm. we're still in they, business. We're and, still
1: over here. Come watch. Come watch Tiger. I mean, it was all day. Tiger Woods.
3: It, it was, and uh, it still looked like every step, yeah, was painful. Mm-hmm. Like his shoes were too tight, and I imagine. Well, look, don't, don't, don't think he's going to the golf shop buying just size 11s no, off the. No, no. Th- those are perfectly molded yes, and yes. made and uh-huh. shaped for just for him and a, a, a bunch of different mock-ups for him to be good and comfortable, and he doesn't look comfortable. Mm-mm. And it looks like, uh, especially going downhill, the wrong step, and he, it could break in half.
1: Yeah. Um, I had it on um, earlier while I was producing John's show. And John, who will tell anybody that he does not watch a lot of golf, he came in and uh, he sees me watching it on my iPad and he says, Oh, Tiger's playing. And I said, Yeah, he, he just started. I think he's, you know, a couple holes in. And he goes. Uh, he watches them walk a little bit, and he goes. Now, which leg was it again that he that he messed up? And uh, he goes. It looks like both of them are are hurting him right now. I said, Yeah, he, he's he, He's not looking so great right now.
3: Well-known orthopedist, Doctor John Harden. That's
1: right. I mean, John. Hey, you know, he'll tell you something. He knows what he's talking about <laughs> most of the time, I guess. <laughs> and,
3: uh, a, a true medical That's aficionado. Right.
1: Well, uh, but but, but he's aficionado. right. I mean, maybe not medical. Though.
3: It, it, you, you can. I mean, you can. Walk Watch and see that yeah. it doesn't look it that doesn't. that seamless, that comfortable, mm-hmm. and and you know I I, I I don't want him hurt again, yeah. and uh, you know he had some good shots today, but but you know had, had the had a seven on a par five, had mm-hmm. a double on a par yep. five, yep. and f- first time I had watched a shot of golf since the Ryder Cup. Have well, you watched the shot? I mean, any of the... No, Brad. I mean, no.
1: Good Lord, no. You, don't want to do, you didn't want uh-uh. to do
3: picks on the uh, nah, on the uh-uh. fall swing, on no, the wraparound?
1: No, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm good on that. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I shouldn't be sharing this information probably, but I did have a bet earlier today on uh, on this golf tournament. All right. So, g- g- uh,
3: give me the wager, and I'll tell you okay. what side I would have taken. Okay, we'll on, see what you hold did.
1: Hold on. Let me find it because I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, it was th- just through round one uh cam Young to beat uh Sepsraka.
3: Oh I would take cam young.
1: yeah I took cam Young minus 140 and uh it was it was a little tighter than I wanted it to be but it was a winner so
3: cam Young shot what
1: uh, let's see let me get back to my leaderboard cam Young. Three under, uh, but I think that three under came late. I think he was one under most of the day. Uh, yeah, birdied his last two, um, and then Sepp Straka uh, finished even. So just a day at the day at really the, easy a day at the range for Sepp Straka. Yeah, no, it was, Gaming uh, rarely
3: easy, is it? Rarely,
1: but I'm telling you, Brad, I mean, those two birdies on on 17 and 18. It was not as easy as it sounds because it was it was looking a little. Whew, a little close there, lady. I was listening
3: to Greg and Eli yesterday, and they were talking to the Grizzlies, and the mm-hmm. Grizzlies being favored yeah. last night. And they both agreed, and in, and Greg and I talked about it as well at the game when I saw him, mm-hmm. that Vegas just, they they're not in the habit of being too wrong too often. No. And that was a decided favorite for a team that hadn't won a home game. And the Grizzlies made it look easy.
1: They made it look easy, and and we talked about you know some of the things that probably went into that reasoning, You know, obviously being at home, but then um, some of the injuries for Utah, but no, I mean, the Grizzlies went out there and made it look easy, and, and speaking of, just since we're speaking of, of lines, I'm curious from you because this was a debate that was going on in the hallway this morning between John Harden and Dave ocean as they were making their transition from one getting out of the chair to one getting into the chair, of who would open, and Brett, this leads us into a Tiger bankroll for tomorrow. Who will open as a favorite on Saturday between Ole Miss and Memphis?
3: I think the Tigers will be favored. I'm going to go four points.
1: Four points. Okay, interesting. What, what,
3: what did what did those well-known yeah. orthopedists yes. and gaming aficionados yes. think? Yes.
1: Um, so yeah, uh, John and I
3: can tell. I can tell you, Dave Wolosian would not bet the sun's going to sit. No, no. He's not at all. really good at at, at guessing lines and picking games. He
1: is. He is. He is. And uh, we've had that conversation multiple times. It's
3: unbelievable, and yeah. I would I would testify in a court uh-huh. of law. He's uh-huh. never. He's he's never. Uh-huh bet with a, a, a bookie or anything, mm-hmm. no apps, nothing like that.
1: Mm-mm, nothing, nothing. Um, but uh, John said he thought Memphis would open as a favorite, um, and Dave said he thinks Ole Miss will open as a favorite. So they were, Interesting. They were split. Yeah, he, he...
3: Interesting. I, I, I had a nice visit today with Ole Miss head coach Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get Coach Beard on sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, very busy the remainder of this week, getting uh, ready for the sure. game Saturday. He's so excited about playing. Loves, loves Coach Hardaway. Yeah loves Coach Hardaway's mm-hmm. team, and says when they click, they can mm-hmm. maul anyone. And, and and they can. And, and you know, he he wants Ole Miss to keep defending like mm-hmm. they've been defending and shoot like they did when, uh, Tuesday night yeah. Yeah. against NC State. That had been the outlier. Jamie Brakefield had not shot all year like that. Yeah. I think it would be a fun scene on Saturday. I, the series is going to – to stay alive with those two coaches. This is the last year mm-hmm. of kind of the Kermit-Penny deal. Yes. And, but but Coach Beard, who, who mostly, and Keith Carter has been very public about it, he handles mm. all, all of his scheduling. I thought that was one itty-bitty, uh, uh, little, little bitty, after-the-fact, agony-defeat fib mm. when Eric Musselman was asked yeah. about future scheduling and he said he doesn't handle mm-hmm. it because most people know Especially at Coach Hardaway's level and at yeah. the SEC level.
1: Coaches call the shots.
3: C- coach schedules. I mean, unless mm-hmm. it's some young greenhorn yeah. right. and the AD, and, and it's an older veteran AD mm-hmm. that kind of helps him schedule, but uh, in most cases, it, it, it's the head coach's call. Yeah. I, th- I think that was more agony of defeat and I think so, irritation too. over over the game when when Eric Moselman said that, because well, they're going to play.
1: And one thing I, I love... Or he's going to schedule. Right. And one thing I I've loved about now Chris Beard coming in there. But but also, when Kermit Davis was there, he would talk all the time about how much he loved playing Memphis and having oh, he that, that game set up, going there and, and coming back here. And, and so now it sounds like Chris Beard likes it as well because I do think with the proximity, with um, obviously what Memphis has done and now with what Chris Beard is building at Ole Miss, I mean, this year in and year out which could be a an amazing game every single time these two teams meet.
3: Yeah, it it could, and and I think it'll be fun on Saturday. On you know, two years ago, uh, when when Ole Miss won, that yeah. was the day that Duran only had one That's point right. all yeah. day, and yeah. that 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 was a, a real outlier. Mm-hmm. When we were talking to Greg earlier, and historically, I, I think it has been Ole, Ole Miss is perceived as the football aspect of this rivalry, sure. and Memphis the basketball. But of late, we know that Memphis in football has had success. But overall, it's still about a eighty percent Ole Miss win rate. Right in basketball, Memphis maintains the lead, mm-hmm. but it's about a thirty four percent win rate wow. for Ole Miss that includes eleven and six all time in Oxford, two and zero all time at the Pavilion, and and the in the game two years ago, mm-hmm. and in the last ten, five and five. That includes wow. four and two in the last six for Ole Miss. Wow.
1: That's, that's kind of hard to believe. I don't
3: think people stereotype it no, as being no, even no, no. that. Now 29 to 15 overall, again, 66 to 34, mm-hmm. is not that competitive. But but more than the basketball, the more than the football series is.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't know. I really didn't know it was you know in recent years had been that close. I mean, obviously remembering what happened a couple of years back uh, between you know Memphis and Ole Miss in Oxford. But I didn't know it was that close. That no, wow, that kind of scares me for Saturday. You might be influencing my Tiger bankroll pick.
3: Speaking of Tiger Bank Road, uh, did we update you know, since we no, were gone so much with no, all the games no, down in Atlanta no, Atlantis? No, Brad, we did we, not update. We didn't. So on the air we had the Michigan pick, mm-hmm, right? Yep. And I went two twenty five Memphis. Mm-hmm. You went twenty dollars Memphis. Mm-hmm. Johnny went one hundred dollars Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I came out of that or you came out of that still up though, twelve forty five to my twelve hundred to Johnny's ten sixty. Then while in the Bahamas, I went one fifty Arkansas minus the one and a half. Yep. You went twenty dollars Arkansas, mm-hmm. and Johnny went the Tigers plus the one and a half. He got the W. He did it for thirty dollars. So after that, it was you up twelve twenty five to me ten fifty or to Johnny ten ninety to me ten fifty. Then the last game against Villanova last Friday afternoon, uh, it was Villanova minus three and a half. They won big. I had Villanova for a hundred, you had the Tigers for fifty, and Johnny had the Tigers for one hundred. So I we came out of all that. You still lead. You're five and one on the year, wow. Brian. Great picking. How about that? that was your only loss so far this year. Wow. You are at eleven seventy-five. I am four and two on the year picking Tiger games. I'm at eleven fifty. Johnny is three and three. He's at nine ninety. And I think the line will be posted where we can have it on the air tomorrow. Uh, for, I think it for should Saturday. be.
1: Yeah, I ho- I'm hoping it will be. But um, no, I thought for a fact that uh, that you'd be ahead, Brett, after after all the money that went in different directions. Hey, me
2: too, Brian. I ain't gonna
1: lie. Um, I thought he was
3: gonna be ahead. No, no you got you got me by <laughs> 25. So you're you're really plus 175. All right. I'm plus 150. Johnny's down a, a scant 10 dollars, hmm. but pr- pretty good picking for all of us. Yeah. We've had one group lock all year, and that was that Michigan game when we all had the Tigers, so we're, we're 1-0 there.
1: Yeah, so I mean, look, I mean... I think uh, a lot of people are going to get hung up on what happened against Villanova in that game, and and yeah, I mean the Tigers did not come out and look like the team they've looked like for the rest of the games this season. But very successful trip down to the Bahamas, I think
3: it, it, it is. But it is hard for me to put that down thirty five out of my mind.
1: It, it's hard, but I, I mean, I think it's I think it's good not not good to lose that much, but I do think um, it's good to keep that in your mind because this team is far from being a finished product. I think it's far from being a perfect team, and so I think with those previous results of how well they played in those first two games, I think some people might have been getting away of this team being so new and having some kind of issues uh, you know, this early in the season.
3: Everything that's happened so far for the Tigers, good and the little bit bad, mm-hmm. I think will be great yes. come yes. March Madness. Yes,
1: and that's that's the thing. You know, we 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 talk to a lot of uh, of guests when it comes to college basketball in general, and when it comes to just Memphis Tigers basketball, and they've all said the same exact thing of. Top 25 does not matter. These games matter, but they don't mean everything in in November. It's the games that come in February. It's the games that come in March. The, The rankings that come in March that really matter. So I would way rather get some of these issues figured out in November and then see a lot of success from it in February and March. So we'll see what the Tigers can do. We'll talk a little bit more, obviously, about this game, hopefully make a pick for Tiger Bankroll uh, on the show tomorrow. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we return, we'll wrap up today's show with we'll talk about Crunch Time.
0: Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. If It is crunch time. You are looking live. In your life have you
2: seen anything like that? Goodbye. Happy. It's
0: obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over.
3: The double steak grilled cheese burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The double-steak grilled cheese burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else.
1: Well, Brett, what I learned today is that, according to reports on Twitter, the XFL and USFL merger is finalized and approved But uh, I I would say it's not as great as what I had hoped, because I was hoping with this merger we would see more teams. But we're only going to have eight teams, four from both the XFL and the USFL. And according to this report I'm looking at on Twitter, the XFL will bring the Arlington Renegades, the D.C. Defenders, the San Antonio Brahmas and the St. Louis Battlehawks from the USFL, the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, the Michigan Panthers, and our Memphis Showboats will make this merger. And those will be the eight teams that start this merged together spring football league. I was hoping for more teams, but I am glad the Memphis Showboats are still on that list.
3: I am too, but did you see the, under the new branding what the league is going to be?
1: No, I didn't.
3: The UFL.
1: Oh, yeah. the yeah, the yeah I knew about the name. The United Football League is is what it's going to be called. I also believe they're going to start on March 30th would be when first games are, which was... It's a little
3: earlier than last little, year it, here. It's two, yeah.
1: or, or two weeks earlier than when USFL kicked off last year, but like six weeks later than when yeah. the XFL kicked off. So kind of in the middle.
3: I'll get to that in a minute on what I can do with that. What I learned today, Tiger Woods on a golf course, I'll take it. A miracle he's alive. A miracle he didn't have a leg amputated. And he doesn't have to do this for any reason. He's Mm -hmm. approaching 48 with 50 right around the corner. And then the 60s will be next for him. What will the 60s look like for Mm. Tiger Woods in his uh, golf winter, golf twilight? What will the 70s look like? Will the 70s be ceremonial starter at Augusta National? Tell me all about it someday when we meet at the Pearly Gates, Brett, because I won't make don't
1: it. That. No, don't say that, Brett. Uh, what I could have done without—I'm um, going, and it seems like you could use this for a lot of uh, things. You could have done without, but I'm going up to Louisville. Kenny Payne's team. We know of, um, the struggles didn't they've had. They did
3: participate in the ACC-SCC challenge. That's right.
1: Yes. They played, uh, Bellarmine last night, mm-hmm. um, in a game. And, and this was a quote from Kenny Payne after the game. I also saw the video, so it's not a fake quote or anything, on uh, Tyler Johnson, who at one point was uh, committed to the University of Memphis, uh, Kenny Payne said Louisville didn't have the tights that Tyler Johnson wanted, so Johnson, quote, wasn't sure if he wanted to play in the first half, and here was more from that quote, quote, in the second half he accepted the fact that we didn't have the kind of tights that we'd never had for him, and he played well. Um... Wow, for a team that has struggled, a program that has really struggled under Kenny Payne, uh, a report like that coming from the head coach is the last thing I wanted to hear from Louisville. But I'm sure a lot of Memphis fans, and, and my father, myself included, read that and they laugh. Oh, great. The Good that Louisville is now in this position.
3: And we are laughing at Louisville. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Uh, Louisville, a brand that was at the top just years ago, where they're at right now.
3: I could have done without this. The new branding of the USFL. I'm glad we kept a team. Yeah, looking forward Absolutely. to going. Don't know how much. 100%. Don't know if I'm gonna go quite as much as I did mm. last year, and I'll get to the reason why on that. But the new branding of the UFL, mm. uh, the merger between the XFL and the USFL, that USFL brand and the name, the Memphis Showboats, was that, that was one of the big things I was excited Absolutely. about last year yeah. and going. Then I got there and discovered these new uniforms. No thanks. Uh, please, please bring back the old ones. Yeah. And I know some people got their hands out wanting to be paid for that. Yeah. I might even tell who some of those people are <laughs> that w- w- want that because you know w- we need that back uh, for for me to, for everyone to get back interested. The u- uniforms were just garbage yeah. last year. Uh, play wasn't great. I, I, do, I don't know I, I don't know how interested I am in going to a lot of games next year. Cause I don't want to wear a hard hat at a construction site to go to a game.
1: Well, that's a really good point. Who was our quarterback last year that uh, that we really rallied behind? Two tons
3: of fun, um, uh, Cole <laughs> Kelly.
1: Cole Kelly. Oh, what a what a player Cole <laughs> Kelly was! Man, he can move. <laughs> he can move around back there. Where are you beaming tonight?
3: Uh, beaming me to Jerry's world, to no, Jerry's palace. Man. Our Cowboys, yeah, right, our Cowboys man. against DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. Cowboys win, Eagles loss. Sets up a big game for pr- first place. Next Sunday, a week from Sunday, for the NFC East.
1: Yeah, no, that's going to be a really fun game. I'm beaming there as well to see our Cowboys. But also after that game, can I interest you in Lamar and UTSA? Maybe get a little taste of what the Tigers yeah, will can. see in a conference opponent later in the season. That one later tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN+. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your Thursday night. Enjoy Thursday night football. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.